0: Hi, I'm Margie, and welcome to the Desert Island Dishes Podcast. For any first time listeners, this is the podcast where every week I ask my guests to choose their seven desert island dishes. Now, these range from finding out about the first dish they learned to cook, we discover the best dish they've ever eaten the very important question of discovering their favourite sandwich. And of course, we find out about the last dish they would choose to eat before being cast off to the desert island. The answers are not only often delicious, uh, but the stories around the dishes are much more revealing and intriguing than you might think. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast, as it genuinely really helps others to find out about the show, which is always good and I'm not going to ask you to leave me five stars but it kind of goes without saying doesn't it <laughs> insert winky face here so here in the UK it's been a short week a short but sweet week shall we say although actually bank holiday feels like a very long time ago or is that just me I get really lovely messages from listeners of Desert Island Dishes, and I can't tell you how much I love reading them. I just love it. So thank you. And there's an email address on the website, www.desertislanddishes.co. And I've had a request for a new question, which I will hopefully ask most of the guests. But anyway, you'll hear it at the end of today's show. This week's guest is charming and has lots to say on the notion of plant-based eating, veganism, and everything in between, which I found very interesting. So enough of me. Sit back, grab a cuppa, and here we go. My guest today is Naomi Smart. Naomi is a lifestyle blogger and YouTube sensation who aims to help her audience to look, live, and feel better. Naomi has garnered a very impressive audience of more than 1.7 million followers on her YouTube channel and 1.8 million followers on her Instagram. She inspired millions of YouTube videos with her popular video series, What I Eat in a Day, which in turn inspired Naomi to write her own recipe book, Eat Smart, which was released in September 2016 and which is packed full of plant based, delicious looking recipes. Welcome, Naomi.
1: Hi, thank you so much.
0: So lovely to meet you. And am I right in thinking that you're pretty fresh off the back of what looked like a whistle stop trip to Japan? Yes. Yeah, I was
1: there for literally two nights. so not long at all. That is
0: a long way to go. It is
1: an 11 and a half hour flight there and back. <laughs> Were you there for work? Yeah I was there for work so it was a very short visit unfortunately but um, I managed to see some of the sights and everything yeah. so it's really cool <laughs> to be there. Had
0: you been there before? No
1: first time which was really frustrating actually because it's one of those places I've wanted to go for so long and yeah. I could only be there for, like,
0: like kind of looking at out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the food is amazing in Japan. Like, yeah. Did you get to sample some it good was stuff?
1: Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Really, really great
0: things. Like, how is it being a vegan in Japan?
1: surprisingly it was okay yeah yeah I went to this amazing teppanyaki restaurant that was really really authentic so beforehand I was a bit worried that there wouldn't be any kind of plant-based food at yeah. all but they had all of these amazing fresh uh, vegetables that just were made the things that they did these vegetables
0: I don't know what they were doing but it tasted really really good So like, <laughs> you're gonna have to go back for longer than 48 know, hours No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots I want to ask you but let's start by talking about the first desert island dish of the day and that's the dish That most reminds you of your childhood?
1: So, I would say that one dish that really reminds me of my childhood is spaghetti bolognese. It was one of those like classic dishes that my mum would make after school. Yeah. And would just kind of instantly be so warming. And it's one of those typical comfort foods that. I just would get so excited about eating and if that was on the menu at home (laughs) I would just get so so excited and
0: absolutely loved it. Yeah that's a good a good option. Was your mum's like one of the best?
1: Yeah it was really really good yeah. I mean it's obviously such a simple dish to make but there's just something about when your mum makes it it's like the best one that you've ever had.
0: (laughs) So the best. So did your mum do most of the cooking when you were growing up? Yeah yeah she did yeah. Are you from a big family?
1: No, actually, growing up, it was uh, I was an only child. Oh, right. So, yeah, I've now got a sister, um, but there's 23 years between us, oh, wow. so I grew, I grew up as an only child.
0: Okay, so when you wanted spaghetti bolognese, you could kind of request it and maybe you would get it. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> Am I right in thinking that you grew up in Brighton?
1: Yes, yeah. That
0: must have been a very cool place to grow oh, up. Oh, it
1: was really, really amazing. I love
0: yeah. Brighton and I love going back
1: there now. Yeah.
0: And some amazing restaurants there now. Aren't yeah,
1: there? I mean, Brighton has been one of those incredible foodie cities that I'm so, so grateful that I managed to grow up there yeah. because I got to eat some really great food. And now there's an amazing kind of variety of different cuisines and really great for vegan food. Actually, Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. Really, really good um veggie restaurants.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's, it's unexpected places sometimes, and you get pockets of just amazing sort of speciality yeah. food. It's yeah. so great, There's isn't it?
1: A couple of really good vegetarian restaurants that even meat eaters would say is probably their favorite restaurant. Really? Variety. Yeah, it's really that's really
0: so cool. great. I want to I want to talk a little bit more about your diet and and being plant based in a bit. But I wondered, what did your family think when you decided that you were going to overhaul your diet? Because I just in my family, it'd be quite hard for one of us to make a change like that without everyone else. But is that the case in yours? Yeah, no, it's exactly (laughs) the same.
1: So I was the first one to kind of go veggie. I mean, vegan, let alone veggie. Yeah. My Mum and grandma and everyone were just a bit like, "What really? Why?" Because I did it overnight, so it wasn't like I'd been vegetarian for years and then went vegan. It was just literally went from eating everything to suddenly eating plant based. Yeah. And uh, at first, I think they just thought it was quite funny and that it wouldn't really last because yeah. they're all, you know, quite big meat eaters. Most meals will have meat as kind of the the showstopper, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> on the plate. But I think a few months went by and they're like, okay, this is actually a thing now. And yeah, it's been a few years now. Yeah, and I, I you, absolutely love it. Have you
0: lured them over to your way of eating?
1: They are, they're definitely like more open to eating it. And I think before they would think, okay, plant-based food is just salad yeah. and a bit bland. But now that they can see what I cook and what I eat... They're always like very happy for me to come home and cook them a big meal and, you know, they love it. So none of them are actually fully plant based, but they're very, very open to eating the food yeah. that I make. Yeah. And I think it is
0: just showing that not every meal has to be centered around meat, like even if you don't go yeah. completely veggie or plant based. The second desert island dish is the first dish that you learn to cook.
1: Oh, I think, I mean, I don't even know if this counts as a dish, but it's probably pancakes. Oh, no, that definitely (laughs) counts. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't require a lot of work, does it? But
0: No, there's definite skill involved in making a pancake. (laughs) Um, Are we talking sort of traditional crepe type? Yeah, yeah.
1: So I think. Those kind of um, traditional British pancakes, because I know the American pancakes are kind of smaller and a bit more fluffy. Yeah. Um, but the ones that I first learned to make were the really thin, quite large ones. And you'd roll them up with like sugar and lemon and everything.
0: Is there anything better?
1: I know. Yeah, just so classic. And um, so that was probably the first dish that I ever first
0: like learned to make. I mean, yeah, there's lots of like the flipping, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's yeah, that there's some
1: skill involved. Yeah. <laughs> there's some skill involved.
0: <laughs> so you studied law at university before setting up your YouTube channel in 2014. Yeah. What made you decide not to go into the law? Well,
1: I really loved studying it. But the strange thing was that whenever I did any kind of internships or um, work experience in law firms, I just had this deep feeling that it just wasn't for me. I really? just knew and I kept trying to tell myself, "Oh, you know, don't be silly, work's always going to be hard or whatever. And, you know, no one loves their job when they first go into it. Yeah, but it was just something that felt like, I was so disconnected to the work and I, I just felt like it wasn't what I was meant to do. Yeah. And that was so strong that I eventually decided that I wasn't going to continue with it, um, which was such a hard decision because I'd just done three years of law and I'd graduated and everything. But I was so pleased that I graduated and I was so pleased that I actually loved studying it. Yeah, And I had no regrets throughout those years of studying it because it was such a great experience. But that's when I just fell into blogging and YouTube So I think the month after I graduated, I started my blog. And it was basically just a way for me to talk about things and start writing again since graduating. Um, Things that are obviously very different to law, but still just being a bit creative. And I loved writing. And so that suddenly turned into a YouTube channel somehow a few months later
0: isn't that so cool like that's a real lesson and you've got to listen to your gut yeah because it is a big decision to have done all of that studying and you kind of feel lots of external pressure don't yeah. you yeah it's
1: not easy making those kind of decisions no definitely I think the easy option would have been actually staying but I would have just absolutely yeah hated it.
0: isn't it so weird that that would have been the easy option like I know I know <laughs> and I don't imagine that you do but do you ever have moments of sort of wondering could you have been like Ali McBeal or-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the idea would have been great, but I think the reality would have been very, very different. Yeah. I would have been causing havoc. God knows what kind of mistakes I'd be making.
0: <laughs> oh my God, that's such a terrifying thought. <laughs> Obviously, you've had enormous success, and it feels like it, it really is just the beginning. You seem to have really supportive followers, but I wondered, have you ever had any bad experiences with trolls?
1: Yeah, I think the minute you are online, you, I mean, it's sad to say, but you almost have to expect to get some kind of negativity, whether it's trolling or just people giving you kind of, I don't know, unwarranted
0: advice. Yeah, definitely. What's your general approach to sort of dealing with that? Do you respond to it or ignore it? What's what's sort of your tactic?
1: It totally depends on what it is. If it's something that I can actually take on board and change my content in a way that will kind of make my followers a bit happier or something like kind of advice that they've given me yeah absolutely fine like I will take that on board but yeah con- constructive constructive criticism, criticism I'm always very very like you know I'll open my eyes yeah to that. I, I love that um but if it's just something that I can't change about myself and that's actually just quite nasty and cruel I do my best to not listen and because obviously there's nothing you can do about those things but I think it's only human to kind of think about it and dwell on it and you know maybe it'll upset you or make you angry and you're going to have some kind of reaction yeah but one thing that I always tell myself now over the years is to actually if I get one negative comment read the positive ones as well because it's so easy to get say 10 positive comments and then one negative one and it's that one negative one that's going yeah. to affect you.
0: Why is that? I it's know. human nature but it's so weird that I we know. do that yeah. isn't it? So I always try and just read the positive ones as well. Yeah that sounds very wise. I'm just I'm really interested in it like Women's Hour Radio 4 did a segment on trolls last week and it was really interesting and, and really shocking, but I think really good that it's sort of a conversation that we're all talking about a bit more. Yeah, totally. I read somewhere that you have a mantra. I don't know if this is still true, but it's to always wait 24 hours before you respond to something. And that sounds very measured and very sensible, maybe easier said than done. But was that mantra born out of like a particular experience?
1: It was just something that my grandma taught me actually. I think maybe when I was at school, I was frustrated about a friend or I don't know, maybe I'd had a little fallout or something with a teacher. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was very minor, but it was something that had upset me. And my grandma taught me there and then she said, right, let's sit on it for 24 hours because you never want to act in haste. You never want to regret things that you say. And everyone will say things in the moment that they probably will end up regretting and cause more of a scene or just kind of blow it way out of proportion. So as kind of upset as I was in the moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to wait until the morning. So I left that 24 hours and I felt totally differently. The next day I was like, thank God, I didn't say anything or do anything or act on it or whatever. And I still live by that today. So if something upsets me or angers me or whatever,
0: I always sit on it. Yeah, it's so true. Like you get an email or something that upsets you and like your instant reaction is just to reply like a really angry. And then, yeah, you should never... Sometimes it's quite good to write that and then not send it. Yeah, So it's sort of out of you, but you haven't pressed send. Yeah, don't press send You kind of get it
1: out of your system (laughs) because you feel like you've got all the anger out. And then just... (laughs) Put it in your drafts for a while. I don't send anything. Yeah,
0: but you don't strike me as someone who gets particularly cross or angry very often. (laughs) No,
1: I don't, to be honest. I'm probably sounding like, yeah, when I get really angry (laughs) and frustrated, I actually... Once
0: every 10 years. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it takes a lot for me to get actually angry. Yeah. But I think we all get frustrated about little things. But um, that's when things can just get totally
0: blown out of the water. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) The third desert island dish. What's the best dish you've ever eaten?
1: Oh this is such a hard question. I mean there's a whole variety of things. I think recently I've had some really amazing food in restaurants in London and Brighton actually. Oh, yeah. Those restaurants I was talking about. I mean there's so many amazing options like there's
0: Silo one of the ones in Silo's yeah, in Brighton. That's really that's good. Really,
1: that's really really good. Silo has very kind of simple food and it's all cooked right there in the kitchen but it's so delicious and I think it's all down to the ingredients
0: they're no waste aren't they so they use like absolutely everything so it's like really creative
1: totally zero waste restaurants. I think it's the first in the UK yeah maybe even Europe I think it is yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's zero waste restaurants so they everything has been recycled even the tables the chairs the plates the glasses Everything is recycled and then the food, none of that goes to waste. They make compost out of it right there on the premises and they grow fruit and veg out the back and they create their own beers and oh, it's amazing. It's such a great restaurant and it kind of sums up Brighton. Yeah. But then... The vegetarian restaurants I was talking about, there's one called Food for Friends that I absolutely love. And then the other one is called Terra. Both of them are quite old school restaurants now, but the food is just unbelievable. Really? Really Is there anything in
0: particular that you'd like recommend people have?
1: Well, there's this sharing plate at Food for Friends of like onion bhajis and things like that, kind of like hummus and flatbreads and Tabule, all kinds of dishes but each one is just so amazing like you eat it and you're like what's in yeah. that how have they done that it's
0: amazing like well, um, the kind of sharing food that you wish you weren't sharing exactly
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> they do tapas as well but I tend to just you know have that just for myself yeah like six dishes yeah <laughs> um and Terra just is so creative with their food one of the best dishes I've had there was a um fish and chips but it was totally vegan and I'm not normally one to like tofu that much oh I don't yeah eat it that much But they'd made the battered fish out of tofu and then they had the best mushy peas on the side and the best chips. It was, yeah,
0: really, really good. I mean, yeah, like you say, you don't really like tofu, but I guess anything when it's been battered and fried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, I've been very generous there and let you have a few different options. I could have gone on as well. (laughs) Um, Let's talk a little bit about your diet because I was interested when I asked you that question, whether it was going to hark back to your pre-plant-based days. Sort of, mm, yeah. Like when I interviewed Dolly Alderton, she's now a vegetarian. Yeah, and she just couldn't stop talking about roast chicken. Oh no, really. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. bad roast chicken. Really. <laughs> um, but let's talk about vegan versus plant-based because you describe your diet as plant-based. plant-based and yeah. What for a for someone who doesn't know, what is the difference?
1: So, vegan is kind of one hundred percent no animal products whatsoever in your okay. diet or your lifestyle okay so, so, I, so not
0: just in the food you not eat. just
1: food so vegan is more of a lifestyle so it would be totally cruel cruelty free beauty products clothing everything like that Um, no honey nothing that derives from any kind of animal products whatsoever okay um whereas i suppose i've taken more of the more laid back approach I suppose not to say that there's anything wrong with vegan or plant-based like both you know it's totally a decision for the individual person to make but I tend to say myself as plant-based rather than vegan because I don't want to upset people that do follow a 100% vegan lifestyle and I don't yep Mine is mainly about the way that I eat. So I have a plant-based diet. So I don't have any kind of animal products. I do have honey, but that's just a preference yeah. for myself. I also had figs the other day and someone told me that they're not vegan. The fig isn't vegan? Apparently not.
0: Why? Um,
1: because the wasps fly into the fig and then the fig like eats the wasp or something like that. And the wasp oh. lays its egg, but dies in the fig. So you're
0: yeah apparently Amy, you're <laughs> really putting me off things <laughs> i didn't know that what like a venus flytrap? kind of yeah and then the, the wasp
1: essentially like grows into the fruit as the fruit ripens who yeah. told you
0: this i it was we need to do a some comment checking. on youtube <laughs> i know it
1: fascinated me i was like wow yeah I that's never, so interesting that
0: no, I never knew that either. <laughs> and so what made you decide to change the way you eat? Like, Was it something that you'd read? Was it something you'd been thinking about for a really long time? Or how did it come about?
1: So it was when I finished university and I'd been eating quite unhealthily like most students (laughs) for the last few years. And I kind of came out feeling like, right, something needs to change. I can't be having those Domino's pizzas anymore and huge tubs of Ben and (laughs) Jerry's.
0: Oh, Um, they are good sometimes though, aren't they?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously everything in moderation, but I just came out feeling like, okay, something needs to change. And one thing that's actually quite interesting is it was purely about how I felt. I just didn't feel like myself, felt like, really sluggish and just I think I just felt unhealthy um as simple as that and I just thought right I'm going to get into cooking and start cooking my meals from scratch and that's kind of when I first started really loving cooking because I was really conscious of like right what's going in this meal you know rather than just picking up the phone and making an order for food to arrive at your house Yeah, it's a real learning process, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think it is all about becoming more in tune with your body. And the more and more that I was researching into the benefits of using more, eating more fruit and vegetables and just more wholesome, nutritious food, that's when I started reading more and more about the plant-based diet and how good it can be and how it can prevent certain diseases and things like that. And I was just absolutely fascinated and started researching into it more and more by buying books. And I thought, you know what? I can't knock it or judge it until I try it. Tomorrow, I'm just going to be plant-based and see how it goes. And (gasps) literally literally overnight. overnight. (laughs) But I hadn't set myself a target to be like plant-based for a month or a year or a week or whatever. I literally, it was like tomorrow, let's just see how it goes. And I mean, it's been about four and a half years now and I've just never looked back, Ah. but that was not the plan.
0: Yeah. But I guess in a way, maybe that approach made it easier because you weren't it wasn't sort of like sticking to something for a set time you were just going with the flow
1: yeah I wasn't putting any pressure on myself and I I didn't see it as like a diet in a way it was purely just let's see how if I can eat this way tomorrow and yeah and and how how did you feel amazing like 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 instantly I'd say after about a week felt Almost like a different person. I know that sounds really, really extreme, but I really did feel like I was back to my usual self, but just better, like healthy and just everything. Like, did you
0: have more energy or? More
1: energy. um, Hair, skin, and nails noticeably better. Really? Yeah. And interesting. More just like my well being. Like, I just
0: felt good more than anything. And that's what it's always been about for me. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. That's the most important thing. A bit of a cliche question, but is there anything that you miss? Like, I know cheese and bacon and come up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like eggs is that's quite a difficult one to give up. But
1: weirdly, yeah, I don't get food cravings for any specific foods, which I was really surprised yeah. at myself. I was like, oh, I'm really going to miss bacon sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> like loads of ketchup in the morning or, you know, things like that. But actually, no, I've never craved anything. The only thing is I suppose out of ease, if I'm out and about with friends and you go into a bakery or whatever and there's loads of croissants there, um, things like that. Oh yeah. my God, I
0: hadn't even thought about croissants.
1: I mean, because you can get vegan ones, but obviously not readily
0: available. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's oh, yeah, more like a out of ease. One.
1: Yeah, when I'm like, oh, this is a little bit frustrating right now. But then if you go and find yourself a plant-based
0: alternative or make your own. That's really interesting because, yeah, like the blanket just eating a vegan diet, is sort of doable when you think about it but it, yeah like you say you wouldn't auto. I, I mean I obviously do know that croissants have butter and eggs in but it yeah wouldn't, it's not sort of immediately obvious you wouldn't think about yeah. it yeah no. there's all those little decisions <laughs> that you're like constantly making yeah and um, it's very impressive that you did it overnight I think that's amazing we're moving on to the fourth desert island dish and that's what is your favorite sandwich Oh, okay. Have you ever had coconut bacon before? No, I haven't. So
1: it's like coconut flakes, but it's flavoured in a way that tastes like bacon. It's like smoked coconut, okay. I suppose, but it kind of has that similar smoky taste, salty taste yeah. to bacon. That's very the, clever. Yeah, it's really, really clever. And there's actually a place in London that do really great um, sandwiches. It's like a BLT. Okay. Um, but instead of the bacon, it's the coconut bacon and then you've got cashew mayonnaise in there and like avocado and tomato it's just really really delicious so creative <laughs>
0: so where is the place in that's London? at
1: farm girl okay oh yeah and
0: yeah. um, that's interesting yeah we were saying before about how people do get very particular about which is the best sandwich yeah but that does sound like <laughs> a very good choice what would be if you were making a sandwich at home do would you eat sandwiches you know what i don't tend to make actual sandwiches at home.
1: I have um, a lot of rye bread with peanut butter and I got really into last summer peanut butter and then strawberry jam. You know, that typical like peanut butter jelly type thing. But for some reason, I don't know why, but when I'm at home, I would have two slices with the topping rather than a sandwich. But it's like the same thing. I just wouldn't put it into
0: a sandwich. It's so weird how (laughs) we get into like little routines and rhythms. Yeah, I
1: suppose it's more like toast rather than a sandwich. but. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I guess at home. Have you ever been asked about that before, Naomi? No,
1: I can't say I've ever actually spoken about that before. (laughs) Even my own eyes are being opened up to my weird habits at home,
0: sandwiches and toast. (laughs) You heard it here first on Desert Island Dishes. Um, So this seems a good segue into talking about your What I Eat in a Day videos. Mm. Am I right in saying that you did come up with that idea
1: I don't know if I like full-on created what I ate in a day videos I feel but like you did I don't remember seeing videos like it before and it literally came by as a mistake because I would vlog my days so it's almost like just a video diary from day to night but because I just loved cooking most of it would be about food yeah some people were like why don't you just make these videos about food like it's all you really talk about anyways so it's like okay let's just call this video what I ate in a day so that's when I started that series of just what I ate in a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, what I'm making, what I'm cooking. And it would almost be like every little meal would be a mini cooking tutorial on a way because I would show exactly how I make it and, you know, what snacks I would like to have throughout the day. Um, so yeah, it kind of
0: went from there. Were you surprised at how interested people were in what you were eating?
1: Yeah, because even in those vlogs in the early days before they were called What Ain't a Day, I thought, oh, people are going to be so sick and tired of this vlog again. Like, all it is is food. But yeah. Actually, people just wanted yeah that to be the whole video. Like, let's just scrap the other stuff of you, you know, going to the cinema, and let's just focus yeah. We don't on want food. to see any of yeah. that.
0: <laughs> what are you eating? Yeah, and um, what? Why is it that people are so interested in in what you're eating and what you're cooking?
1: I think maybe it's partly because I'm just so passionate about it, and I love food. And yeah. I like to think that I can get quite creative in the kitchen. Like I really, really love cooking and making a classic dish into a plant-based alternative. Things like shepherd's pies, for example, and even spaghetti bolognese. Like I can still make it, but I just make it in a different way to what people are used to. Yeah. So how do you
0: make your spaghetti bolognese now?
1: I love kind of using... Playing with the textures to get that kind of, I suppose, meat consistency. So whether that's walnuts crushed up and lentils and really finely diced mushrooms, things like that.
0: Do you eat things like corn?
1: no I would prefer to actually make my own out of like fresh ingredients that's just a personal preference I suppose it's a lot easier to just go and buy some corn yeah. rather than crushing walnuts or yeah. dicing mushrooms <laughs> but I personally I just I love the process of yeah. like
0: cooking it all do you think your new spaghetti bolognese can give your mums a run for its money
1: <laughs> I've never actually cooked it for oh her oh do like a yeah.
0: ready steady cook yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a great video yeah.
1: but I mean I personally really really love it. Whether she would love mine as much as hers, I don't know. (laughs) I bet she
0: would. Um, How do you tend to start the day? I'm always particularly interested with people who don't have like a traditional office job. Like, do you have Mm. a morning routine?
1: I like starting my day with some warm water. And this is something that I've recently discovered. Uh, Apparently, hot and warm water hydrates you a lot better than cold water. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. And so I would Used to always just start my day with like cold water, even like ice water. But then I, um, yeah, I learned this little fact that warm water hydrates you more. So there we go. So now I start my day with some warm or hot water, or even a herbal tea, or some lemon in there, or fresh ginger, something like that, just to infuse the water, make it a bit more exciting. Yeah. And then I tend to go to the gym or a run. I love running this time of year, you know, even just having. The sun out even yeah. if it's cold I don't mind it's just the sun like the brightness I love yeah and just so, getting fresh air, yeah. Feels so fresh good, air. yeah I love it so I run around um along the river which is so so beautiful like crossing the bridge when it's you know only 7 8
0: a.m I absolutely love that so do you tend to do that most mornings
1: most mornings I'll get my body moving in some way yeah. whether it's a run or going to the gym or going to a class or just getting out and walking I just love starting my day with being active. Would you feel
0: weird if you didn't do any exercise for a bit?
1: I mean, we've just had the long weekend and I hardly did any exercise to be honest, but I, that's absolutely fine as well. Yeah. I do like getting my body moving, but I can equally just totally switch off and relax when I'm around family at home in Brighton. Um, But when I'm in London, my routine is to always, you know, get active in some way. Didn't you do a marathon? Yeah, I ran the (gasps) London marathon. Oh my (laughs) goodness. How was that? I mean, it was tough. It's probably the craziest thing that I've ever done in my life, but it was amazing. I can't
0: even, (laughs) that is just so impressive. It's amazing. Do
1: you know what? Like the day itself was brilliant and I weirdly loved it. It's just the training process that yeah. is so time consuming. Like your weekends have to all, all be about training yeah. and going on the what, long how run. how long are you training beforehand? I mean, I think I started around like November, December kind of pushing my runs. Because I was always running, but very short runs. Yeah. Um, so I think around November, December, I started pushing myself to do longer and longer runs. And then it got to like, I think my... Longest run was probably twenty two
0: miles oh in eight, like March April time, and then the marathon was in April. I mean, <laughs> it's just I went to watch my friend who did it a couple of years ago, and I just like cried the whole time. It's like, emotional, I, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. really emotional. Like every, it's just so <laughs> impressive. The Fifth Desert Island dish is, what is the dish you eat the most often?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Do you know what? I think it's porridge. And that sounds so boring. (laughs) So, so boring. But it's probably the meal that I eat most frequently. Yeah. Even in the summer. I love it. It's really, really strange. But um I like just, always to
0: start your day or are you partial to some porridge for supper?
1: Always <laughs> I yeah, I'm all for, you know, <laughs> breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I tend to yeah, have it in the morning first thing. Uh, well, after I go for a run or the gym, I'll get back and make some porridge. But I like mixing it up and adding different flavours. Like in my book, for example, I've got a banana bread porridge, carrot cake porridge, cherry bakewell porridge. Like um, I just like making it a bit different. So yeah, literally Carrot cake is some grated carrot in there, raisins, loads of cinnamon and nutmeg and things Yum. like that, a bit of maple syrup. So, yeah, yeah, that's putting
0: it. like old school porridge where it's just like water and salt to shame, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your book, Eat Smart, I mean, how perfectly does your name lend itself to the title <laughs> of the book? So good. But it came out a few years ago, and it really is great. And um I really did feel like it sort of debunks the myth that vegans are just nibbling on a wilted <laughs> salad. leaf. Yeah. What was the process of writing the book like? Did you enjoy it?
1: Oh, it was a real, real mix of emotions. Yeah. Not gonna <laughs> lie. I mean, I already had so many recipes ready to go. Um, which is why I approached publish it so I, I basically had about 90 recipes okay and then I spent a day with publishers just like here's 90 recipes amazing um, and then I made it up to I think it was just over 150 recipes in the end and it was those last few recipes where I mean I was in my kitchen for months and I think I went a bit crazy just like crazy cooking lady in my flat in Notting Hill and I I was so lucky to have amazing friends that would come around and literally do the washing up and oh, eat the food. that I, was making. I mean, I thought yeah,
0: I was going to say just about the eating. I was like, I'm sure no, they were fine with that. They but... were
1: happy, no, to come around and do the washing up if they got rewarded well, with yeah, food. That seems
0: a fair trade off, definitely. Obviously, there are so many amazing recipes in there, but is there one that people are sort of always telling you that they're making? Like, is there sort of a standout recipe?
1: Yeah, and it really surprised me what one it was. It was my mac and cheese, oh, really? um, and I didn't even. For photograph it for the book. So it's one of the recipes in there that doesn't have a photo That's to go so with it.
0: Interesting. And I was
1: not expecting it. Yeah. yeah. It was one of my personal favorites. But I mean, because it's mac and cheese and yeah. it is like a pasta with an orangey kind of sauce, there wasn't much you could do creatively for the photo shoot. Yeah. So we it were like
0: for some yeah. beautiful porridge. <laughs> and
1: it was always one of my favourites. And I think maybe I made it in one of my videos and showed how like easy it could be to make it. And then even now so the book was launched in September 2016 and even to this day I'm being sent photos on Instagram, oh I'm like being God. tagged in photos and on Twitter what, of this mac and cheese. What, what is, like what's the sauce made out of? Is it cashew? No, it's actually um, butternut squash, yeah. Uh-huh. And then I obviously add a few things in there, like a little bit of mustard for a bit of a kick and a little bit of chilli as well and just season it really well and it's brown rice pasta. and it's one of my favorites,
0: like I make it all the time. What are your thoughts on nutritional yeast?
1: I I do have it, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of vegans or just people on even vegetarian diets can lack in vitamin B12. Okay. And nutritional yeast is a really great way to get that into your system.
0: Yeah. It's a very clever flavor it's isn't it very clever yeah it really it is. tastes like cheese yeah it's got it's the worst
1: cheesy. name in the world yeah I wish it was a
0: nutritional they weed. need to rebrand it don't they like, who <laughs> came up with that so
1: gross. <laughs> when I first told my boyfriend about I was like oh do you want any nutritional <laughs> and he was like what is that yeah, in your it does sound like
0: something you should get from the chemist doesn't it? <laughs>
1: um but no I think it's great to like make those cheesy sauces yeah I think that taste is really great and like I say the b12 yeah
0: this is a very random question, but are there any vegan foods or plant-based recipes that the internet has sort of raved about and you just, you know, haven't been able to, you know, been really excited about trying and then you've tried it and you're like, oh, this is actually really gross. Oh, just so like actual vegan food trends. Yeah, just something that everyone's talking about. And then by the time you get around to having it, you're like, oh, is it just me? <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm not a fan of the any kind of meat alternative like you go to supermarkets and they have the vegan bacon or the ve- vegan sausages like okay. things like that like yeah. actual fake meats i don't like just because they're just processed foods mm. and it's not... also it's a bit
0: weird like if you're not going to eat meat then just don't eat meat i like, don't yeah. eat something that's pretending to be meat. i
1: mean i suppose if people turn vegetarian for you know animal welfare and but they sounds awful but they like the taste of meat but don't want to harm an animal for that you know it makes sense I can see why people would want it but me personally it's just not good for you it's like processed food you can obviously get the more natural ones or even like try and make it at home that would be fun yeah but um yeah for me I'm not a huge fan of those I did see something about a year ago that seemed to be a big trend and it was like Chicken drumsticks, but it was made out of cauliflower. And oh, I, right. I never made it because I thought, it's cauliflower. How can it taste like yeah. a chicken drumstick? But it looked pretty impressive. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> well, that's one we should put on the list. <laughs> the sixth Desert Island dish is, what is your go-to dinner party dish? Ooh. Um, Do you get to throw many dinner parties?
1: I don't, actually. I wish I did. I have friends around, but it's always very kind of laid back and casual, yeah. and i something quite... That counts casual. as a
0: dinner party. Okay,
1: one thing... That's really good. It's my shepherd's pie that's really good for when you've got guests around because you can just make one huge shepherd's pie and then it's really easy to serve to everyone.
0: So what goes into your shepherd's pie?
1: So I've got um, lentils in there. It's kind of like the basic green lentils but then loads and loads of vegetables diced up in there and an amazing rich sauce because you leave it to like cook for a while. So those flavors really infuse. And then the top is a potato and parsnip, but I also like Mm. to do a sweet potato top sometimes as well. Yeah, that sounds Um, really good. And
0: just loads of fresh herbs. I think fresh herbs are the secret ingredient in there rather than dried. I was thinking when I was writing the questions that for you, throwing a dinner party must be quite fun because it's a chance to show people that you're not just eating salad, like that your food is really delicious. And it's sort of, I guess, quite a fun challenge. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. And I've recently moved house and I've, been so excited about organizing the dinner parties but rather than even thinking about who's coming I just get so carried away with the food that I'm like, oh I could do that I could do this and then we could do that and I'm like wait I haven't even got anything planned (laughs)
0: I haven't even asked anyone to come yet but I know what we're (laughs) eating um lots of your recipes are inspired by your travels where is the best place you visited in terms of the food
1: I would say Mauritius was a really really interesting place for food yeah I was um I had this cooking kind of class, I suppose, that was set up by the hotel, but it was just one-on-one with the chef um, that worked there who was from Mauritius. He'd lived there his whole life, grew up there. And the food was unbelievable. And the fusion of food out there is really interesting. Mm. So because, what, is, what is the food? Well, they've got a big African influence, a big indian influence and asian in general but then also french oh yeah of course so there's this real amazing concoction or like cuisines the food is just unbelievable and i just i learned so much out there and the food it was kind of cooked in a french way but the flavors were very asian inspired and it was just beautiful
0: yeah that sounds amazing yeah, really really good I Very came good home with like
1: scribbled <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pieces of paper in my suitcase yeah and that's random so, things so
0: cool to have a lesson
1: yeah it was really really nice actually I'd recommend that if you ever go to um an amazing hotel or not you know just somewhere quite exotic that you would never normally go to ask if the chef has a free moment one afternoon kind of between meals when he maybe won't be too busy and just see if they can show you a couple of their signature dishes because that's what um set up for me just like I think it was two or three of their signature dishes went into the kitchen this is how you make it and I was just there
0: with like a notepad watching and then eating at the same time (laughs) yeah that sounds like the dream we're on to the final desert island dish of the day and that's the last dish you would choose to eat before being cast off to the desert island
1: Wow. Okay. I feel like this is going to be the hardest one. You can have many <laughs> courses. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. I'm going to start with the dessert. Okay, <laughs> yes.
0: Perfect. Do it. Because
1: this is the one that is one of my absolute favorites. It's a beetroot chocolate cake. So it's like, oh, this layered chocolate cake with the most amazing ganache in there. And it's made with like grated beetroot in there as well, which just adds this real richness to that. It doesn't like taste of beetroot. No. It's not like a vegetable cake. <laughs> like it's so decadent and indulgent. And I oh, I just absolutely love that. Okay.
0: You can have a whole cake.
1: Yeah. Can I have a scoop of ice cream on the side of as well? Of course. Yes.
0: <laughs> and then I think... Are you going to have that like as a starter? Yeah, I suppose. Why not? If
1: I'm on a desert island, there's no one there to tell me what I can and can't do. So I'll just be like, right, I'm going to start with (laughs) some chocolate cake. (laughs) I love it. No one's watching. No one's here. (laughs) Probably just fill up on cake. (laughs) I mean, I think that's a very, you can leave it there if you want. (laughs) And then I think for the main, it would have to be a curry. I'm obsessed with curries that are cooked from scratch in a really beautiful, authentic way. Yeah, And I think this is after we've been speaking about Mauritius because one of these dishes comes to mind that I make all the time today, like since visiting Mauritius a couple of years ago. And it's this curry that just has the most beautiful red curry sauce. And it's all made from scratch. You know, there's no curry paste there. You basically are crushing garlic and fresh ginger and all these amazing spices and herbs and just the result is unbelievable so I think that would have
0: to be my desert island dish yeah that sounds really good (laughs) (laughs) and you're allowed to take with you one luxury item can be anything you like could it be? Could, would an animal count as? A... Yes,
1: we've had lots. Yeah, we've really? had lots of animals. As a, yeah, as a luxury item, I've yeah, had I'd, lots of
0: dogs, lots of cats. I'd have
1: a puppy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't even have a puppy myself. But you just so get one. I
0: would need company. You can take mine. Oh yeah, your <laughs> it's puppy very naughty. Um, but yeah, that's a great. That's a great answer. Yeah, that can be your luxury. <laughs> one, we've had a listener request for a final question, and if you could only have one cookbook with you for the rest of your life, which would it be?
1: Oh, that's a really interesting one. I'm going to say, I, I feel like I can't say my own. No, <laughs> I mean, you could. Well, Available I know... in all good
0: bookshops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: That's smart. Uh, no, I know all of my recipes off my heart. So they're true. all in my head. Yeah, that would be honest. So almost. if I could take one cookbook with me, it would probably be Happy Pears cookbook. They're amazing. These twins from Ireland and their cookbook is so, so amazing. I love it. So I bring that with me with all of my own recipes up in my head. Too.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for letting us hear your desert island dishes. Thank you for having me. That was the lovely Naomi. I've been feeling rather bad about offering uh, my dog to go to the island. But luckily, I don't think Digby, my dachshund, actually listens to the podcast kind of rude but hey ho i hope you enjoyed today's episode and i'm making some exciting changes to the website which won't be up quite yet but i'm excited for them nonetheless come and say hi on instagram you'll find me at made by margie also on twitter and most importantly thank you so much for listening see you next time